Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Outside the Barn, brought to you by the good people of New Amendment. I'm Kendall Shell, along with me, Trevor Mbakwe, Blake Hoffaber. Let's go ahead and tip things off, fellas. Blake, Trev, Trev first, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling good. It's 28 degrees outside. The sun's out. Uh, it's a Sunday. Get to watch the Pro Bowl today, so I'm, I'm yeah. feeling pretty good. How about you, Blake? Feeling good. Feeling good. Just uh, getting ready for the warm weather. It's good that we're in positive digits up here in Minnesota. And uh, yeah, same with you, Trev. It's it's the weekend. It's Sunday. We got a good week coming up and uh, Super Bowl next weekend. So uh, yeah, feeling good. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Hold on, hold on quick, Blake or Kendall. Blake, who you got winning the Super Bowl? You know, I got the uh, I got the Chiefs. Kendall? I like my guy Jalen Hurts, but I just ever since what Philly did to the Vikings a couple years ago, I, I can't cheer for Philly. Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well. I got the Chiefs as well for those same reasons. And Mahomes is just he's special. Yeah. I will say, to having Mahomes doing what he's doing without Tyreek Hill is pretty impressive. I thought it wasn't going to be nearly as as good as he's been in. I mean, he's just a stud, so it's fun to watch him play. He's special. He's one of a kind. I wonder if he's got some eligibility to play basketball for the Gophers here. I think we need a little bit more than Mahomes right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mahomes, though, yeah, it's fun to, it's fun to root for the Chiefs. I don't know. I'm assuming both of you are Vikings fans, so, you know, it's fun to root for a different team. But I'd like to see the Vikings in the playoffs or at least a Super Bowl hunt, you know, again soon here. Because this has not been. This was supposed to be our year, man. It's supposed to be, but you kind of knew. You kind of knew. Like you saw all the game. I mean, we didn't. You didn't like that the media always said the Vikings weren't were kind of like a fraud. But in the back of all of our minds, we knew that like there was one Vikings that showed up, and there was one Vikings that showed up like when it was bad, and when it was good. So we got the bad Vikings at first round. So there was a lot of Sundays you walk like I knew we weren't that good, but we were winning these close games at the end of the game which minnesota sports never do and we kept doing it and i'm like man maybe no. they're just you know grinding like, they grind it out like how many times did you go to bed he was like that wind didn't it didn't sit right with me what you want what you want oh fine you get a dub i don't care how you get it done if you win you're right you're right hey skull i mean on those podcasts this year we're we're being positive about losses how we lost i mean at least you can be positive with right. a win even right. if it looks bad right you're right that's true. That's, that's true. It's just a lot of optimism you need around Minnesota sports right now. I think maybe there's something there's something we'll talk about, but I don't want to keep this too long, man. I got I threw some ribs on this morning, so I gotta make sure I take a look at those, and then I gotta go to the driving range tonight too to get the golf swing right. So let's uh let's move right along here, man. But um, normally I know we'd go into the X's and O's. Quite honestly, I don't know if the X's and O's are something we want to talk about right now. I don't know if that's something any of us really need to elaborate on. Uh, been a tough few games, obviously a tough season. All you know, Minnesota sports fans, Minnesota basketball fans, know where the Gophers are at with things right now. So let's just kind of move ahead. Let's kind of look to the scouting report. Let's just look to the future, future in general, because everything else around the X's and O's is it's tough right now. So. Moving on to the scouting report, you know, we've got a little bit of the season left, guys, and quite honestly, I'd say this season's probably a wash. You know, that's just where we're at right now as far as getting anywhere. 
Um, but as far as taking something from this season and, you know, gaining momentum going into next season, I think there is still something to be said about that. So I'll just start with you, Blake. I mean, talk a little bit about where we're at, you know, what it is that we need to look ahead to and kind of where the climate is, you know, for you right now in the hoop program. Yeah, I mean, I think we just got to stay positive. And as dumb as it sounds, you got to stay positive. There's nothing, quote unquote, good happening from how we're performing out there from the blowouts that have been happening uh, over the past couple of games. Um, you know, quite candidly, I think what we need to focus on, I always said at the beginning, is we got to get better in each and every uh, week. And I think we slowed down from that perspective a little bit. But the good news is, I think we're playing a lot of young guys. We're, we're a young team. They're getting experience playing against studs in the Big Ten and playing a lot of minutes. Um, and they're going to be here in the coming years, which I think is a positive for the Gophers. Um, they're going to have that experience. You know, there's a lot of guys that are young freshmen, sophomores that don't get a lot of playing time. And their team's doing very well, but they just don't get that playing time. So when those guys graduate... It takes them a while to, to get up to Big Ten speed because they don't have the minutes, and we're going to have the minutes. Uh, we just need to get a lot better and get some guys in here. I know we got some top recruits coming in next year, which is going to be big. I know we're going to have to get another player with Samuels graduating as well. So, um, you know, I don't want to say, hey, the future is bright, but, hey, it's going to be brighter than where we are now. I think the only way to go is up, which is a, a sad statement, but it's a true statement, right? And I do think, you know, with the experience, the minutes played and some new guys coming in, um, that's what we got to focus on. And like I said earlier in the podcast year, you just get better each and every day. And hopefully this summer they, you know, new guys shine for next fall, next next basketball season where you can tell like, oh, man, they put in work this year. They took it to heart that they were getting blown out by these by these teams. And hopefully we just are a completely different team next year. What do you think, Trev? Yeah, yeah. Um... To be honest with you, th this was like probably the first week when I just kind of just like got to a point. I was like, let's, you know, like you said, like you know, this season, like it, let's just say it's a wash. You know, we've had a lot of guys in and out of the season. It's tough. Um, but by us saying it's a wash does not mean like we're against the team or anything else. But let's just call a spade a spade. You know, it's just been a tough season. Um, I'm still Team Johnson. I know you guys are the same thing. I tweeted the same thing earlier today. It's like a lot of people, you know, we kind of talked about last show. A lot of people think Coach Johnson's been here for five years. He hasn't completed his second season at the University of Minnesota. So, like, you know, everybody's quick to be like, oh, he's, he's done. Like, what's he doing? It's like, it's been two years. So, like, if, if that's the, you know, the product you want to put out there every two years, then you're never going to have a successful program. And for me, it's just like – That's a good point, Trev, because just quickly, I mean, last year, no one thought we were going to do anything, and we started off the year very hot. We were doing well, and I know we tailed off the end of the year, but – Everyone thought last year was a wash where, you know, me included, I was like, oh, man, these guys can play. They're doing well. Then we went on that losing streak. But this year it's just, you know, unfortunately, I don't see it. But he's only two years yeah. into exactly to your point, Trev. And just so, seeing yeah. his press conference yesterday is just like, you know, he takes all like I'm, I'm, I'm big Ben Johnson. Just like, you know, we always talk about behind the scenes. But like, you know, for us, I think he's the right person to lead the program. I'm all for him. I'm going to support him as much as I can, just like you guys will. But also, like, you know, for him, it's just like, hey, like, you know, it's a tough season. Um, we've had – they dealt with a lot of injuries. There's been a lot of stuff that's came along with it, but that's just part of it. Like, we're not going to run from it. At the end of the day, like, you no, know, this is how you build momentum for the next part of the season. Like, if, if they don't make a run at the Big Ten, win the Big Ten, they're not going to make any tournaments, let's be honest. But like, now it's like, how do you finish the rest of the season off? How do you prepare yourself for the Big Ten tournament and move on from that? And um, 
I feel bad. Like, you know, one of the things too, like, you know, they don't have any players. Like he mentioned, like Pharrell hasn't had a sub in practice. So, like, you know, you can't really practice what you want to when you have players who can't really sub out because they have to play every possession because they don't have enough players. So, like, as the game goes on, you see, like, them getting beat up. Like, he's like, Indiana, everybody's energy. After Indiana, you have a tough schedule. You still have to keep playing. You have to keep practicing. Like, you get beat up. And you can tell at the beginning game, the guys are tired. So, that's just one thing where I look at it, like, as a big for myself. Or like, you know, if, if Kendall, like, if you, had to, if you had to sit there and practice every possession and every play and then play 35 minutes a game the next day against Michigan State, Purdue, Indiana, you know, Rutgers, Maryland, like, that's, that's that beats you up. No, that's real. That's real. And that's something that, like, is not talked about a lot. And, like, fans got to understand. Like, even in my situation, like, my first early years, like, I'm not playing a lot. But, like, both coaches really look to me as that guy to always bring energy and always relieve guys like Trey Hollins and Austin and Joe that are starting. Like, that was important. Like, scout teams and, like, guys coming in is, like, super important. Well, you don't even have that. Like, it's not like guys are redshirting for this team. You've got guys like Parker and Isaiah. They can't even play. you got guys that are injured. Sure. So you're practicing with, like, nine, maybe ten guys. Like, they probably have student managers in there every day. And so it's difficult. Like, it's different. It's a whole different aspect of it. Like, the bench is just as important as those starters and those main guys. And so we're not even able to get the right reps in and just treat it the same way, like, that's different, and that that affects, you know, obviously the product they're putting out there. Well, all three of us know, I mean, the best teams you've ever been on for the most part is when the entire team has studs on it, even the bench, right? Because yeah, every day in practice, you want to play against top talent. And I'm not saying we don't have top talent on the bench. We just don't have the guys. But when you're on a winning team, that starting five has to battle versus that back five each and every day in practice and the best team, sometimes that back five is better or can hold their own versus a big 10 top five, right? Whether it's high school or whatever, but you know, I went to Hopkins and we always had a bunch of studs when I played and you know, our practices were oftentimes, I hate to say it, we had more competitive practices than games. And that just prepared you for when you played the top talent game, especially in the conference or in the state or in the country or in this instance in the big 10 if you don't have that, you're not doing that each and every day because you don't have the bodies or you don't have the talent to, to practice against. That's tough because then all of a sudden you get shell shocked when you're playing, you know, studs like Jackson Davis, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, my my credit to my success that I've had, like I was had to battle against the Blakes and the not Blakes. Well, you too, Blake, obviously, but like the Royces. Yeah. Or like, you know. Battle with Blake down low for all the rebounds. <laughs> It was tough. It was a battle, you know. If I didn't have Blake to, you know, go against, like, I would not be the rebounder I was. Like, you know, like, you know, they always say, like, the best team, like you said, Blake, you know, just the practices are harder than the games. And right now, I feel like the games are harder than the practices right now. It's like, but granted, like, we got a lot of talent. Like, I, the teams are as good, like, for whatever reason, like, you know, but there's talent in the Big Ten, as you see it, like, you know. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. That's, well, that's, that was an X factor for me. Like, I don't want to think we don't have talent on our team. We're just young, and we don't have. We literally don't have the bodies to practice no. against each other, too. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, it's enough of that. But that, uh, I think that's an issue, right? And I'm, I'm with Trevor. I'm Team Johnson as well. Um, you know, I was even one of them. Like, man, has he been here for three years or four? Years? Like, he's only been here. This is he's not even into two years yet, right? Um, so we got to remember that. We got to remember. What we had one player back when he started, everyone else transferred away. He's had to rebuild this 
program and team over the last year and a half and get players in that, you know, maybe I don't want to say he wouldn't have recruited, but he's had to just snag players to fill roster spots. So um, he was up against the wall a little bit from the start, but you know, we fans and, and ourselves got to remember, we got some studs coming in next year. All of our guys on our team, besides Samuels, I believe, are going to be back, yeah. um, depending on what happens this offseason. But they're all young. They're all getting experience. So um, you got to look to the future, too, as much as you don't want it. Yeah. But well, for me, this is a two-year process. Like, even next year, like, it's like, if they compete the way they've been competing in the games that they've been competitive, we're all, you know, as Minnesotans, as Gopher fans, we're, hey, they competed. We lost this game because Purdue was top five. Maryland was top 12, 15, whatever the case may be. But it's, the, it's that second year. That's why I'm looking at like you want Dennis Evans and like uh, Cam Christie and all those guys develop after their freshman year. Pharrell, now you're a junior, and you know you see like these guys uh, evolving. Like that's the year that I'm really looking at. Like, not, I'm not gonna say next year's a wash either. Like next year, like you know, obviously, like we want to win, we want to do those, we want to compete. But um, for me, this is like a two or three year process. That's like as you start, you know, bringing other transfer portals in and like other guys in, in, in and out. Like the team's gonna look different next year. We don't know who's going to stay. We don't know I'm who's curious, going to and I just thought of this. I mean, what do you guys think the percentages are that some folks at the transfer portal on our team, or 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 and there's a change in coaching staff from an assistant perspective? I'm not saying I I know the answer to it, but my guess is there will probably be some change on on one of those sides. But we always got to acknowledge that as well. I, I can see a couple of players leaving just because um, I don't. It doesn't. I don't think there's any obvious situations for me, but I could definitely see some players leaving. I think the I think the coaching staff is pretty legit. I think just meeting with them, seeing how they work. But I can see some players. It's great to be a coach because you don't even know who's going to leave a lot of times until the end of the year, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, we got two extra roster spots to to get some seniors, right? Or oh, you know, it's too late to get some seniors, so we got to go to the transfer portal. But you know, I. Like we said in the last podcast, it's got to be tough to be a coach too because you don't know what what to expect at the end of the year. I saw some stat that said like the the last like bottom four teams in the the conference have the most transfers, and it was like the top teams in the, uh, the league have like the least transfers outside like Illinois or somebody. I believe it. Yeah, so that was that was pretty interesting. I wish I had the exact stat to look at, but I, I said this last time, but I think that's part of the reason why maybe I don't want to say college basketball isn't as good right this year i think it's just you don't see as strong of teams just crushing people everyone's kind of you know beating each other and i think a lot of that's because you just you don't have the camaraderie and the four-year teams with the same players going on you just got people coming and going and you can't really gel with team yeah, yeah. no i i completely agree but yeah to your guys' points like look into the future there's a lot that's coming like we need to look we need to look to that and we need to look to there's a lot of talent coming. There's obviously a lot of guys that aren't playing this year. Like before we even look at the talent, you know, having a Parker and Isaiah is big coming back. But, you know, we've got some talented guys coming in, like your camp, Christian, Dennis Evans, right? Both at one point top 100 recruits. And it's it's important to look to that and not just get so down on the product that's out there right now. Like there's not it's, – it's tough right now. Obviously, you know – He's up against a lot. Um, the conference is tough, but, you know, we're, we we have to push through it. We have to push through it. But the talent that's coming and the guys that we have right now, I just – I feel like it only, help, it only helps them 
getting punched in the mouth so many times this season, yeah. right? Like, yeah, let yeah, me be honest. If I were them, if I were Cam Christie and Dennis Evans, I'd be, you know, people would think I'm fake for saying this, but I'd be excited, right? And I'd be excited because I'd know, hey, I got a good chance to like, put in some serious minutes and help this team out. Right. I mean, when I came out of high school, the Gophers had won eight games that year, I believe, right? Their coach just got fired, Dan Monson. Um, they won eight games. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, you're going there. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm going to have a good chance to compete and help this team out. And I played a lot as a freshman, right? So these two guys coming in, they're studs. But you can be a stud and not play a lot of minutes on a, on a team in big-time big D1 basketball. But, you know, based on what I'm hearing and seeing and probably what they see is they should get excited to say, hey, how can I help out? And I'm going to get some minutes, and I'm going to get a chance. So I'm excited to get there and, you know, hit the floor, hit the ground. Running. I love that point. That's exactly what I was going to say. Out of anybody, Blake saw the glass half full. So, like, Blake was like, I'm going to, you know, this is my chance. And me, I'm like, I'm out of here. Like, this is like, right. <laughs> this shit. Yeah. 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 So, you know, like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, you know, like, there's, there's, yeah, I left. So, like, there's two ways to look at it. It's like, you know, for Blake, it's like, you know, you get a chance to compete. Like, you know, I'm glad Blake stayed. Like, I hope Dennis and Cam have the same, like, you know, mindset. Like, you know, yeah, they're struggling this year, but, you know, now it gives me a chance to come, you know, and change the narrative and change the program, change, like, the the energy around the program. So, like, that's how I hope these guys look at it. For me, on my point, I was just like, oh, they're struggling. I don't know who the coach is going to be. I'm trying to go something, like, sustainable, like, that's stable. But um, to Blake's credit, like, you know, he, he stuck through it. Like, he saw, like, you know, it was a, it was a long season to watch, and I hope these kids, like, they realize, like, there's, there's a lot of opportunity at the end of the day. Like, we're returning a, a – or most of our team, hopefully, and it's gonna be it's gonna be an opportunity for us to grow as a program and like to have a big uh, third year under Ben Johnson. No, hundred percent. I feel like these guys that are there this year. Like I said, they've gone through a lot. Like they should see the opportunity here. Like obviously they're losing right now, but like one more summer together, all these freshmen. Like to your point, Blake, about transferring. Like I would hope none of the freshmen do because they should be able to see like we have something that we could build here and we can also have a story. Like it means something getting it up from the ground, right up from the gutter. And so they can really build something that means something here. Um, they can put a stamp on it. Like that's important. That's big. You can't normally have that. Like Dame said, like he never wanted to run from the grind. Like quite frankly, I don't want to see any of them run from the grind. Like, yeah, it's a lot of people up against you right now, but they know they have the talent guys. Like they know. They Ola, just Ola. Ola Joseph, Braden, Pharrell, you throw on these two freshmen and you throw like an upperclassman for the next three years. You tell me this team can't be compete and win games. 100. Even Ola Joseph's like his progress throughout the year. Ola Joseph, like, you know, he's, he's st- like he's consistent. Like he he understands when to attack, when not to attack. Like just seeing his progressions have improved. Like Pharrell, we know he's going to be a beast. He's going to keep getting better. He's going to stay out of foul trouble. I don't, as a freshman myself, I had to go against some of the bigs that he had to play his freshman year. <laughs> it only gets easier from here. You got, you got, you got Ola Joseph and Pharrell both guarding Edie and Tracy Jackson Davis. Like they're getting punched in the mouth. It's only gonna help them. And like you know, that's the thing. Like you both as freshmen, right? Highly touted freshmen coming in, but you weren't expected to one play 30, 35 minutes a game, and then two not just play that mean men's game, but produce at a high level. It's almost like that's what we're asking these guys and expecting from them, where it's like, let's be realistic on what we expect on highly rated freshmen, like the highest of the highest, you know, consistently. And I think 
that's what we forget. Like these guys that are playing, this is a young team overall, very young team. And a young team in the Big Ten because a lot of guys are transfers too. They haven't even had that Big Ten basketball exposure. This this builds your character. This builds your career. I remember my freshman year, came off an injury, first game against Dewan Blair, didn't go go against Hashim Tabit, then I go against Terrence Williams. It was just like it was like a gauntlet in the Big East, the real Big East at the time. It was just like and I prepared me. I was like, Dewan Blair was a beast. <laughs> I remember him. Dude, it was like it was basketball for bigs. You know, yeah. I remember Paul Harris, like it was like going against all these guys my freshman year. I remember looking at sometimes like, damn, like, I don't know if I could do this. But then prepare me moving forward. It's like, okay, if I could play against the team to beat first round pick, Jeff Adrian, another second round pick, like all these guys who made some NBA, um, why cannot I play against these guys? So, damn, what happened to you, Trev? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, in all seriousness, I mean – the one thing I will be disappointed, I'm not saying I'm not disappointed because I'm, you know, it's hard not to not be disappointed this year yeah. um, just on what you're seeing. But I'm going to be bummed if they write themselves off as players and kind of have games like they've been having the last two or three games throughout the rest of the year because they know, hey, we can't do anything in the Big Ten. You know, we can wait to the Big Ten tournament. But if they start doing this for the rest of the year, I'm going to be I'm going to be mad. I want to be pissed, right? Because they got to look, hey, they got to get better each and every time. Like, they're not going to win the Big Ten. We get it, right? They're, they don't have enough games left. They're not playing well. But they need to worry about getting better each and every game, thinking about Big Ten tournament. But more importantly, think about next year, right? It's not like, oh, all of a sudden we can coast and this, this season's done and then all of a sudden come next fall, let's just pick it up and we're going to be better, right? If they're going to get better, they need to start yesterday, right? Um, and hopefully they have that mentality. And, you know, I just don't want to continue watching. Not saying they're not trying, but, like, they got to continue to have the effort and fight that they had in the Indiana game all the way throughout the rest of the year. If they lose all the games, so be it, right? But you need to see that fight, that dog in them to, you know, compete. And if they get blown out playing like that by 20, so be it. But I don't want to see them get blown out by 20 and being lackadaisical and lazy and kind of thrown in the towel because, right. you know, they're, 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 you know, a little sad that how the years go. Even, even for them sense. personally, like those walks back to the dorm t- to classes are long in the winter. <laughs> Practice every day. Like it's just mentally terrible. It's a terrible vibe. And that's, and that's hard on Ben Johnson too. Like that's why, like, it's so important for them to keep a positive atmosphere, right? And it's like you got media, fans, boosters, the AD, everybody just talking about how bad you're doing. And as a coach, that's how you got – that's why you have to be mentally strong because you can't come into practice every day mad and down because then the players, how are they going to feel, right? You still got to keep a competitive nature about it and also keep that optimism because these guys are young. You don't want guys transferring. You don't want guys just, you know – being out of it at all. But yeah, you look at guys on this roster, you know, you talked about Josh Ola Joseph earlier, Trev. I love Josh Ola Joseph. I think we've talked about that since the beginning, but Josh Ola Joseph, like his energy, his junkyard dog mentality since the beginning has been unbelievable, right? He does not back down from anyone. And as you talked about earlier, his progressions and understanding the game has developed so much when to drive, when not to drive. You know, it might be going out there a little bit, but like, I can see him expanding his game and having this same type of impact that like a Victor Oladipo had in Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Victor Oladipo, when we played him, 
We beat them, by the way, number one Indiana, in case anyone wants to look back at that game. But we beat number one Indiana that year, but that squad was unbelievable. Cody Zeller, Christian Watford, um, Victor Oladipo, all those guys. And Vic was one of those guys on that roster that did everything. He got to the rim. He was athletic. He was a best defender on the team. He did all that type of stuff. He was somewhat of a three-level scorer. I think he expanded his game more once he got to the league. He wasn't shooting it from three as much, but seeing all the Joseph where he's at now, like I could see him getting to that level, adding a little bit more of a handle and also adding that mid-range game. He can be a he can be a dog for the conference. Like we talked about Pharrell Payne being a potential all Big Ten player. But if Josh Ola Joseph puts in the right work, I think all the intangibles he has, you can't really teach from all the freshmen. He could, he could play two through five. Yeah, I Yeah, I was gonna say I, I 100 percent agree with you, Kendall. I mean, I, I think what if I would focus on for him is getting that handle right and, and being able to shoot a little better. Cause if he can try to be like a two or three guard, I mean, I kind of consider him, I know he's maybe three, but I consider him a four right now, just kind of how he plays. But if he can try to be a two or three, man, he'll be tough. Um, and, and going back to my previous point, I mean, you got to realize a Joshua, Joseph, a Hanley, a Carrington, a Talon Cooper, like they want it. They're almost in a tryout at the end of the year here. Right. Cause you know what the coaching staff is going to be doing right now. They got one scholarship, potentially more to, they're probably going to need to get a guard. Right. So, you, you better work your tail off because someone might be taking your spot. So um, they got to have that mindset as well and continue to get better. But, you know, I agree with you. I think jo- Joshua Joseph, he does have a lot of upside. Um, I just think, you know, one thing I'd want him to start focusing on to get to be a two or a three guard is shooting and dribbling. Most most likely it'll probably be a three guard. Um, but, and I know people say, hey, you can play three now, but I don't know what you guys think. I see him as he is right now, a four man out there kind of how he plays. Um, if he can get to a true three uh, wing kind of player that can shoot, dribble, put it on the floor, get to the foul line because he's aggressive going at people's chest, like that's what we yeah. need. I like him as a three. I like him as a three. If you have Dawson playing the four, spotting up around the perimeter, you got Pharrell down as a five, you can use him as your post-up bit because he's really going to have the most the, the mismatch in the post majority of the game. No, I think it's almost like we have to like was when you say it to that point, Trev, it's like, yeah, those are the four and fives. But then you've got Parker and Isaiah coming behind at the four. You've got Dennis Evans coming behind at the five. In order to even keep a good climate and maximize everybody, you want those guys to kind of be the four and fives. We almost have to see Ola Joseph, you know, play more of a three role or a wing role. And yeah, to both your points is adding the handle and, you know, more of a consistent jump shot, but at the end of the day, like I think he's learned a lot and he's been up against the best. I don't know which one of you said it, but he can guard like two through five. Like who can who can do that? <laughs> who can do that? Hey, look, Just, if we if we can't shoot next year, it's gonna be an issue. But we're over sixty percent. We're over sixty percent from the free throw line for the season. I saw that. That's huge. That's big. Mr. No wins here to celebrate. Yes, exactly. But so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we do. But let's move on, man. Let's let's move on to, to the next segment here. So let's kind of move on to the word on campus and just talk about the overall temperament of the program and essentially what the word on campus is. So, you know, I'll open things up. It's, it's similar to what we've talked about in the past, and it'll probably keep going on this conversation. But fans are frustrated. I think, Blake, you talked about it earlier, like – there's much reason to be frustrated this season. And 
as we talked about, Gopher fans get pretty impatient pretty early. And if you look at, you know, most of the social media posts and most of the tweets from the team, uh, you know, Trevor, I saw you quote tweet today, Ben Johnson's interview, you know, just to kind of bring more positivity around it. But I think you did that because you saw that, you know, the sentiment around the program right now is calling for Ben Johnson's job. That's that's what people talk about. That's what people like to do. That's the easy thing to do. Quite frankly, that's the lazy thing to do. And that's the center of the program. So, you know, we'll open it up with that. Um, you know, I can open it up with, I hate to see it. I don't like to see it. Like you talked about earlier, Blake, we can be critical of this program. We can be critical of this team. We've talked about it. This team needs to play better. They need to compete more. We can't see this team get blown out for the rest of the season. But you don't always have to just all of a sudden say, yeah, we need a new coach. We need a new program, right? We've hit rock bottom. That's been the problem since I've quite frankly been around Minnesota basketball. When I came in with Tubby in 2011, it's always a constant calling for the coach's job. And we don't want to always call for the coach's job. Like, that's not good. We don't know recruits and players. Like, they see that stuff, you know, like that's not that doesn't help the program. That doesn't help the overall sentiment of the program. They're not dumb. They know, you know, Minnesota, it's a hotbed for coaches, right? As far as like the getting there, it's a hot seat at all times. You know, it's you're there. And what did you say earlier, guys? It's Ben Johnson's second season. Second season. He came in trying to turn around, quite honestly, a mess. It's the second season. We're already calling for his job. And Quite frankly, it's not good for the program. It's not good for us as alumni. It's not good for recruiting. There is no type of culture or consistency built. Over just us three, right, we played in like the last 10 years. There's been about three or four coaches. How do you like develop any type of culture or identity with a program if you're always changing coaches and, you know, trying to figure it out? Like a lot of these teams, Dukes and probably Michigan State's the world, they like, they preach brotherhood and they preach all this togetherness. And like, we can't do that if there's always a consistent, we need a new coach. It's the coach's fault. It's the coach's problem. Like, since when are we so just impatient? You know what I mean? Like, we need to give him more time. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? Let's talk a little bit more about it. I, mean, I agree with you. I mean, he's only two years in, um, not even two years in. Um, I think it's ridiculous, but it's the world we live in right now that people say this stuff and anyone can say anything on a message board or, you know, online. Um, you know, I get some of it's the coach, you know, some of it's the coach on how teams do, but players got to look themselves in the mirror as well. Right. You know, the coach isn't playing, the coach is helping strategizing, getting the team out there, structuring the team. But, you know, we had the Mr. Basketball. You know, we've had good good recruits come in. Obviously, we had to hit up the transfer portal a lot, but like we have good players and good recruits. Like, if anyone says, "Hey, Ben Johnson hasn't done a good job recruiting," like I wouldn't agree with that at all. Um, he's getting good recruits in. It's just going to take some time. And to your point, if we just keep saying, "Hey, let's fire this guy, let's fire this guy," and this year we didn't do well, so let's fire him. I mean. At some point, you just keep starting over, and you don't even start over. You start two years behind starting over. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with the hey, let's let's fire them. Like you know, nowadays, even at bus the business world, right? A company doesn't have a good year, and bam, they start firing the executive leadership team, even though they could have had good years in the past. I mean, we all remember when 
my good friend Ryan Saunders' dad, Flip Saunders, uh, you know, won the Western Conference Coach of the Year with the Timberwolves for the Timberwolves for crying out loud, and then got fired the next year because they weren't having a good year. It's just like it's a little ridiculous, and I get why. Hey, we're having a terrible year. Um, it's not good. No, I'm sorry, but anywhere I go, I don't, I don't you know, get they why. Bring out for, I don't get why. What'd you say? I don't get why. I can't say sorry. No, they. They bring up go for basketball and no one, you know, everyone's got their tail between their legs. Like they know it's been a tough year, but then all of a sudden everyone's like, Hey, you know, what about Ben Johnson? We, I mean, it's like, it, it's a little ridiculous. We got to give him time. Um, obviously everyone says, Oh, but he's making so much money. Right. Well, yeah. Every coach is right. That's just the world and the career point they're in. He's also taking a lot of criticism and it's got a stressful job. So, um, you know, I'm not saying, hey, I like how the program is at this stage. Uh, I'm not saying I like how the year's going. You know, in my eyes, it, it's been pretty shitty to watch, to be honest, just because, you know, I want us to win. I was an alumni. I grew up liking the Gophers, and we're in a tough spot right now, but we can't just put our tail between our legs, sulk, and try to start firing people just because we're in a bad time, right? right. We got to stick together, worry about the future, trying to get good players here trying to get players to improve and kind of embrace the team. And that's yeah. the only way to get positivity, positivity around the program. Yeah. For me, it's, it's frustrating. Um, it gets frustrating because at the end of the day, it's like, if you were, if, if we're going to, I love the university of Minnesota, just like we all do. We're go for fans. We bleed maroon and gold. Like we, we watch all the football, every sport as much as we can. You know, me and Blake, you were from Minnesota, born and raised. Um, it frustrates me because that, Let's be realistic about things. Like, there's no coach in the world. If Coach K came out of retirement and said he wanted to be at the University of Minnesota, we're not turning into a championship contender overnight. Like, that's not how the Big Ten works. We're not a – this is, like, not a small conference. Like, there's a lot of coaches, a lot of talent that's been through this conference. And for the fact that we're calling for a guy's head for after a year and a half. Like, last year, Ben Johnson, the first 20 games of the season, you know, we knocked off, you know, a couple of big teams. Like, he's like, oh, like, he's what we need. We're, he's a hometown. He's one of us. Then next year he has some injuries he battles with. He has some transfers he's trying to, you know, navigate through. And like now it's like, oh well, he's not here. We should we should fire somebody. We should fire him. Hire somebody else. Like what are we doing? And like part of it too is like, how do we show our commitment to our guys? Mm-hmm. If we can't follow behind, if we can't give Ben Johnson two years, like why would as the next person come in and be like, this fan base or this this alumni group, they don't support us. And that goes, that's across the board. That's every sport, you know, the PJ Flex and everything. Like, PJ loses a game. But, like, do you know the the change PJ Flex has had on the football team, which brings him money to the university? And, like, the, you know, having college game day at the uh, TCF for two, three years in a row, like, all that stuff, the publicity that comes with it. It's just like, at what point do we just, like, you know, just let coaches coach? Give them three, four years like they always did. Okay, after four years, you had three, four, you know, recruiting groups come through. Okay, we don't see the program getting better. Now it's on to the next. Like this two years, I you know, it's just it's crazy to me. Like you could win, like you said, Blake, you know, you could go to a conference championship, win a national championship in two years, be on the hot seat. Like the coach from uh, LSU, Ed. Like, how do you win a national yeah. championship and two years later you're fired? Well, people gotta realize too, as fans, and Kendall will let you go, but as fans, we, we got to be quit doing that, too, because recruits see that, too, right? They look at the media, right? And I remember when I was getting recruited at a couple of spots. I mean, obviously, I'm a hometown kid, so it didn't affect me that much. I kind of knew Munson was not in a good spot. But I'd look up, okay, you know, so-and-so's recruiting me. You'd look online, and, oh, so-and-so's on the hot seat. He, he's recruiting me. I don't know if I want to go on a state tour to that school because I really like the coach. But 
if they get a new coach, how will I know if he likes me and if I can play in that system, et cetera. So, you know, it, it, it's negative from a recruiting perspective too. So fans got to be, you know, be a little strategic as well to like yeah. not not just jump the gun and, and start shooting off random stuff like that. No, 100%. You're like, yeah, like you said, recruits see that type of stuff. You know, recruit, recruits, and that affects it. That affects the culture. And it'd be one thing, you know, to be constructive about the criticism, right? Like, I'm not staying, telling fans, I don't think any of us are telling fans not to be hard on this program because we all right. want to win. But just jumping to let's fire the coach, it's not good for anyone. It's not good for the program. It's lazy. And, you know, we see it since the beginning, a coach that we all played under, you know, Tubby Smith, right? I don't want to go on a, a soapbox here, but that's just a prime example. Trey, we had a pretty good season. We didn't do as great as they maybe thought we would have, but we beat the number five team that year in the NCAA tournament. We were the 12th seed. And then the next game, we lost to Florida, a really good Florida team. But we made this NCAA tournament, and we were on the up and up. Next morning, we all find out Tubby's fired. And then we start over. Like, looking back on it, Tubby probably shouldn't have been fired, but that's just an example of starting over consistently. To your point earlier, Blake, it's, it's hard because especially in this day and age, it's not starting over from zero. It's starting over from negative with the transfer portal and all these other factors that play into the success of a basketball program. I mean, to your point, Ben Johnson pretty much didn't start over at zero. He started off at, like, negative five. Mm -hmm. Like, with the amount of people that transferred away from the program, I mean, if – Would he have two returning players? Or him, I would have taken a big, heavy gulp. I mean, it's a good thing where he's like, okay, I can bring my uh, a team in. But, yeah, I can't really do that myself because I got to go out on the transfer portal and get guys maybe I wouldn't have gotten if, if – I didn't have this many roster spots. Hold on. What's the exact, what's the exact number? To build his own players. He had, what, two returning players coming back? Was it Parker and – One. Who was it, Parker? Are you talking about this well, year? Well, last year we first took year? over. It was just Enoch. jeez. Oh, he was only one, and he never even – he didn't really play the year before. Wasn't he hurt? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what's kind of crazy about the whole thing. So – Theoretically, it would take them longer than normal to build a build this team up and start being competitive because the timing he came in when everyone left and he had one player coming back that hardly got any minutes on previous teams. I mean, that's tough. And going to your point, Kendall, that's not starting off from zero. That's starting off from like negative five years, right? And he's got to build this thing up and get players that he needed to get in just to have bodies out of the program to bring in his own people. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not pointing out, hey, some of these people probably want to play for him. But let's be honest, some of these guys on the team, he probably wouldn't have recruited if he had two or three um, scholarships for each of these past two years. No. Yeah, 100%. It's one guy, literally. He brings back one guy his first year. Like, I don't know. It's hard for guy people to remember that type of stuff when you're losing, obviously. But you bring back one guy and you do what he did last year, undefeated in non-conference. Right. He developed a culture, a winning spirit, uh, but he brought in experienced guys. And that's kind of what happened. And this year is more of a sustainable build. He's building. He's building from the bottom and he's he's getting these freshmen, these guys cracks at it. But at the end of the day, these last few games, they haven't been competing, but also they're paying, they're putting out seven scholarship guys. 
You know, they've got three, four guys out with injury. So, hey, at the end of the day, it's tough. We're all upset. We all want to win more, but we can all agree that let's just be constructive on on what's going on. Let's not just call for the coach's job. And also let's understand this is year two. This is year two. It looks really bad. Like, I mean, we'll be honest. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Like, shit, they're, they're in last place right now. We haven't seen that before. But at the end of the day, we're going to have to keep pushing. We're going to have to stay positive. And like we talked about earlier, fellas, we got some dogs coming in with Dennis Evans and Camp Christie. Um, we got some guys that are hurt right now. We got some guys that are going through a lot right now, a lot of adversity this year. It's only going to make them stronger. At the end of the day, as long as we get out, we recruit, we get the right transfers we need this offseason, I think I think we'll get there. I think I think we'll make this thing work. But, fellas, you know. Good news is I think the theme for this is yeah. there's only a way – the only way to go is up. So we can't we can't keep going down. At least I hope to God we're not. That would be – Digging, digging underneath the earth from where we are right now. But um, I, I think we, we only can go up from here. So that's what we got to stay positive. We got to realize kind of we're at a low, low, low of all lows right now. Um, and, and we got to we gotta go up from here. That's true. We can, we can only go up from here, literally. And we still got a chance at the Big Ten net t- uh, tournament. So, you know, Andy, Big Ten tournament already. Let's shock the world. Too soon. Too soon, but there's no. <laughs> as much as maybe we don't believe it can happen, they got to have the mindset as a team, right? Each and every day to get better to do that, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, they just got to keep continuing to prove, and we gotta we gotta worry about the future here. We can't really worry about the past. Yeah, and the end of the day, we're Team Ben Johnson, like Trevor and Bakway tweeted. Follow him, Team Bakway three two on Twitter. And that's it, fellas. Let's let's wrap it up here. You know, we'll check back in after these next few games and just stay close on things. But for another episode of Outside the Barn, Kendall Shell, Trevor Bogway, Blake Offarber. We'll see you guys later. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.